Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. He's been at the the Combine this week. Uh, We want to catch up after the Chiefs' Super Bowl win. Hey Jesse, how's it going, guys? So, what did you uh, what did you learn from going to the combine? Um, yeah, so it's an interesting event. You know, usually you guys go to events to actually get the event. You know, if you go to the Super Bowl, you cover the lead up um, to the Super Bowl, but then you actually go to the Super Bowl. So the combine kind of weird because people are there for the testing and. You know, most of the time we don't actually go watch them test. And, you know, that's just kind of stuff that you can see on a sh- sheet. But, um, you know, Andy Reid and Brad Beach both spoke on Tuesday. And um, I think that's probably the biggest thing instead of the revelations there, what you can get from them. And the overall offseason plan um, for the Chiefs continues to be the, the first and second priority or one, two, or however you want to label it is Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. And they continue to try to, like, plan for other contingencies and see what's going to happen. Um, but it, it sure seems to me like they would love to have both those guys back. If not, then, you know, Legereus Sneed seems like a potential tag and trade candidate. But um, you start the offseason with figuring out the one or two things you really want to do and then figuring out the dominoes from there. And right now it seems like the Chiefs are, are kind of in that spot where it's like, how much is Chris Jones going to sign for? And um, are other teams going to be very interested in Legereus Sneed enough that they're going to trade something pretty good or pretty appealing to go get him. And once the Chiefs have decisions and final uh, verdicts on those two guys, they can proceed with the rest of their offseason. I know we're going to get back to the to the offseason kind of plan in a minute, but what did you make of the, uh, the player survey that came out, I believe, yesterday saying the Chiefs were uh, well below average in a lot of areas, locker room, the, the owner – uh, got a got an F minus or something like that. The worst owner in the league. Facilities wise, yeah. Obviously, it's not affecting anything on on the field. Uh, but is this something that could affect them in free agency, getting guys to Kansas City, or is it just a, a lot of noise? So I don't think it affects free agency. I just think it affects you know guys. We're all we all have jobs. You know, we all have places we go to for our places of business and it's better if things are nicer. You know what I mean? Like if you walk through the door in the morning and it's dirty and things haven't been cleaned up and you're sitting in an old office chair that hasn't been, that hurts your back, you know, like it just doesn't give you that same vibes. And you're comparing this to other teams out there that haven't won championships. I mean, if you go back to the quotes of the Super Bowl week, everyone to a man from the chief, including Andy Reid many, many times, I think trying to make a point, we're talking about how great the Raiders facilities are. Their practice facilities are great. Their locker room is great. Well, there's a little bit of a hidden meaning underneath there, which is like the Raiders haven't won anything. 
and they have these nice locker rooms. The Chiefs have won everything, and they have some of the crappiest um, practice locker rooms in the NFL. So it was interesting because, you know, Clark Hunt was in front of reporters yesterday at 11 o'clock Central trying to get in front of taxpayers and saying that they need $300 million of taxpayer money to help renovate Arrowhead. Meanwhile, I'm at the NFLPA meeting where they're releasing these grades and asking the president, J.C. Treader, about the Chiefs getting 31st out of 32 teams in this. And, you know, he said that uh, the players were told after the last Super Bowl that they were going to renovate the locker room. They came back. They were promised by Clark Hunt that. They came back a few months later, and all that had changed were the chairs. And I guess the players were told that the Chiefs had progressed too long in the postseason, and so they didn't have time to renovate the locker room. So the chairs was what they got. And so you guys hit on the head um, that Clark Hunt, the, what, the only thing they get graded on for this particular um, grading thing is willingness to spend, invest in resources. So Clark Hunt graded 32nd out of that. If you promise your players you're going to give them a new locker room and then you don't and you only give them chairs, you're going to rate pretty low in that. And there's an interesting comment from Treader. I asked him directly, I said, what do you think about the Chiefs? What's your general take? And his quote was, Quote, I think there's some frustration there in the room. We keep winning Super Bowls, and nothing's coming back to us. There's no priority on making our lives better, uh, end quote. So um, this is an embarrassing thing for Clark Hunt. He was embarrassed last year when they ranked low, and then he actually told our Sam McDowell last year, he said, I'm interested to see the grades next year, because he basically said that it kind of took them off guard. Well, the grades this year are not better. They're actually worse. So at some point, I think this is something the Chiefs need to address, and if Clark Hunt wants to be seen as a good owner or a good person among his peers it's something he's going to have to look at this offseason and try to be better at yeah but in the same regard how are the players going to say anything you know this is the owner are they going to or is this going to have to be like a kelsey or a mahomes or a jones or an andy reed in order to say something in order to get something like this done yeah, I think this is it. You know what I mean? Like, this is sort of an anonymous survey. All 32 teams do it. They had about 75% of the players vote in this sort of thing or, or take the survey. And so this is sort of, um, for lack of a term, this is a public embarrassment that happens. And what's so interesting is being at that NFLPA meeting, one of the first things that they talked about, like J.C. Treader, who's a former player, um, one of the first things they those guys highlighted was the teams that ranked really low last year and then ranked much better this year. You know what I mean? Those, those owners got the wake-up call, and they didn't want to be seen as cheap. They didn't want to be seen as uh, the guys that wouldn't spend for the people. And, and, and if nothing else, they didn't want the bad publicity. So that really puts the Chiefs kind of in an island on their own because they had horrible grades last year. They knew about it this year. They knew that the, the kind of the microscope was going to be on them. They won another Super Bowl, and yet their grades were worse this year. And so I think this is really the avenue to do it. Um, it, it is kind of a tricky thing because – I. I've seen some people online like, oh, these are just players complaining about their, their, you know, suck it up, you're a millionaire, all those sorts of things. And that's not really it. I mean, it's like if anybody took a workplace survey, you're just supposed to be honest. I mean, none of these players are saying, give, I want to give back my championship ring. I don't want to play for this team. Of course they do. They want to play for a championship. It's just part of the package now. If you sign with the Chiefs, your weight room's not going to be as good. Your locker room's not going to be as good. You're probably going to be in the contention for a title and have a great coach. You know, Andy Reid was, was great as an A-plus. So it's kind of what you're winning there, but I think, again, organizationally, this does not match up with what we see as the Chiefs on the field competitively. And at some point, I just think if you're a billionaire owner and it's not going to cost you that much in the grand scheme of things to just fix this and be seen as a better person in charge, it seems like it's going to get done. But that's up to Clark Hunt, and that's something he has not addressed here in two years. Jesse Newell, our guest from the Kansas City Star, we're talking about the Chiefs. Uh, related, uh, this, the stadium situation, you alluded to it. They want major renovations at Arrowhead. 
What's the likelihood of that happening since it is now tied to the Royals moving from Kauffman Stadium to a downtown location? Have, have they messed this up so uh, badly that it's going to be difficult for the voters of Jackson County to approve all of this? Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, it's hard to know what voters do. And again, this is one of those ballots that only a small percentage of the people show up to the actual ballot box. You know what I mean? One of those April elections where it's not a presidential election, if you will, that, that really gets out the vote. So I think the the consensus on this is really mixed and not sure. I mean, what the best thing that this, this ballot has going for it is that the Chiefs have won two straight Super Bowls. And, you know, People want to keep the Chiefs around here. The civic pride from being around here, guys, for the Chiefs, and you guys know it, it's split down to Wichita as well. I mean, the people care about this team, and they take pride in this particular team. So, you know, if whatever basically the Chiefs put on the ballot, you would think that fans would be in favor of or Jackson County residents be in favor of to keep them in this area, especially when we know that there could be some outreach from other places, um, Kansas, uh, that potentially would want the Chiefs or the Royals or whoever might want to come over state lines to to bring those dollars over here. So um, it's complicated, though, because, yeah, the Royals don't seem to have – their PR plan went from, hey, we're going to choose from these two sites, um, hadn't set down deadline for uh, September, that deadline passed, and then, okay, they, they announced a new site here in February, but that new site was not one of the first two that they had chosen. And so the PR message kind of got garbled there. A lot of people think, why would you move from Kaufman? Everybody loves Kaufman, you know, the big four, the fountains, all that sort of stuff. They have memories growing up there. So that doesn't seem super popular. The team obviously matched a, uh, a franchise record with 106 losses last year. So you want to support that sort of thing. And now the Chiefs come out with these renderings, and honestly, they just most people I talk to are pretty underwhelmed. It seems like most of the stuff that's in there is not going to help out the common fan. Is not going to be something that uh, uh, really relates to them as part of this. And uh, Clark Hunt said he would contribute $300 million of his own money, while taxpayers give $500 million, that sort of thing. And so – I mean, at least John Sherman from the Royals is contributing or is pledged to contribute $1 billion of his own money. So I don't know. The PR message on this whole thing has been sort of jumbled, and this whole thing has kind of been thrown together at the last minute to get on the ballot. So where do voters stand? I don't know. I know they love the Chiefs, and I know that they don't want the Chiefs to leave. But as far as the PR messaging and how the whole, this whole thing has come out with both the Royals and the Chiefs, it sure feels like it could have been handled a lot better. And when you say you don't, they don't want the Chiefs to leave, you're talking about they don't want them to leave the Missouri side of the border. Yeah, Jackson County. Um, you know, there was a while the Royals were sort of um, flirting with uh, a different county in Missouri, a little bit on northern, uh, on the northern side to, to get them out of there. Um, you know, when sports betting was made legal in Kansas, we saw from legislators and from uh, Governor Laura Kelly talking about that the money they made, one, they wanted to put in a fund to, uh, to draw a pro sports team to, to Kansas. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious who you're trying to target there if, if you've got – two sport, pro sports teams that are just across the state line. So if this thing does fail, I mean, I, I think the messaging from the Royals and the Chiefs is that sort of all bets are off and they're going to try to explore the best options for them. And so um, that's up to Jackson County people. But I, I can understand the Royals have had very have been very sparse in their details of how this thing is going to get done, how they plan to do it, how much money they need, where it's all going. And then, like I said, the Chiefs just came out with renderings yesterday and they, and they seem pretty underwhelming. Um, even if we're being sort of kind to them. So the details of this, how much money do you need? What is it being used for? How is this going to get done? Those have been sparse at best. And so uh, to rush this thing on the ballot and to hope and pray that the Chiefs are going to carry this thing across the finish line, that sort of seems to be the, uh, I guess, the plan at this point. And is it going to work? I'm not sure.
So we have uh, several months of an offseason obviously left to go. Is it your feeling that uh, the offense will have to get uh, closer to the defense? It will, I, I guess like closer to the middle of where the defense is, is uh, t- for the Chiefs to be as good as they were this year? Do you think the defense takes a step back just inevitably because they can't keep everyone? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think one thing Patrick Mahomes did so well last year was he sort of catered himself to what he had. You know what I mean? The Chiefs went from four years ago where he was chucking the ball way down the field. They had big plays all over the place. And um, Mahomes pretty much came, chucked out, or, you know, checked down Charlie here. I mean, he kind of played Brady ball this whole year where it's like, throw it short, let guys be open, you know, throw the open receiver, let him get some yards after catch. But it really limited his ability to put up big numbers and to have big plays. And so, the Chiefs won that way. I mean, let's not take it away from them. They, they were able to win and maximize what they had because they have such a smart head coach and system, and they have such a willing quarterback to do what it takes, whatever it takes, to win football games. But I just don't think you can continue to do that. Like, you know, it's sort of like they they saddled him up a little bit. They, they kind of reined him back. And, like, you have the best quarterback of all time. Why not give him more weapons to let him go play free and go be better than the offense was a year ago? So, I, they've got to address receiver. I mean, I, I know it worked out for him last year, but it, it's still one where Travis Kelsey is not going to be able to play forever. And we saw when he was limited at the end of last year with injuries where he wasn't quite himself before he took that week 18 break and came back better for it uh, in the playoffs. But you got to prepare for life after Kelsey at some point. So I think it's just a little bit more unbridled than what we saw from the Chiefs in the second half last year. So uh, I would say receiver has to be at the top of the list. Would not be surprised at all if that's their first-round pick. And or, depending on how things go with uh, Chris Jones and LeJarrius Steed, if they made a big splash in free agency. You usually don't get as much bang for your buck in free agency, which is why I'd hesitate there. But um, as of right now, I'd put the betting favor for the Chiefs' first-round pick, whether they trade up or not, to be a wide receiver and have them try to continue to add weapons and young weapons to, to Patrick Mahomes to try to give him more freedom to do what he can do so well and not be held back by the offense and the pieces around him, which is what we saw throughout the most of uh, the second half of last year. And you'd mentioned, you know, obviously one, two, talking about Jones and Snead, and do we bring them back, and how, how do you facilitate that situation? But you kind of led me into my my question about wide receiver. Do you take a young wide receiver, or do you go get somebody like a T. Higgins or somebody that's a established veteran out there in order to help yourself for next year? If you're bringing in a new rookie receiver, you're kind of in the same spot as you were last year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And we've seen like a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster step right in and be able to be productive right away and kind of understand the nuances of the offense um, very quickly and work with Patrick Mahomes very well. We saw that in the Super Bowl year last year uh, when he was able to come in. I guess my only contention with that is a couple things. Um, and the reason I would probably look to receiver in the first round, for one, is I know the three-peat is looming, and that would be something no other, no other NFL team has done. But still – like, this is still a long-term thing for the Chiefs. Like, you still have Mahomes. You still got Andy Reid probably for at least three, four, five more years. Like, you've got your setup for success. You have the second youngest defense in terms of snap-adjusted age in the NFL. You want to think long-term for this. I mean, Mahomes is still in his prime. And so, if you bring in a receiver, the upside there is just so great. Like, what would Rasheed Rice go for on the open market right now if he was a free agent? A whole lot of money. And the Chiefs got him because they moved up and drafted him, and all it took was a second-round pick. You get so much bang for your buck if you hit on a receiver. And not only that, a lot of receivers here, they're stepping in and playing right away. I mean, Zay Flowers for the Ravens, great year. 
You know what I mean? Uh, Puka Nakua for the Rams stepped in, played right away. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, pretty good. Jordan Addison for the, the Vikings, great. And this also is a, a pretty deep wide receiver class as, as far as uh, first-round receivers. So if I'm the Chiefs, I just think I don't get as much bang for my buck. Everybody needs a receiver, and if you're going to the free agent well for it, you're bidding against everybody else. If you get that guy in the draft, develop him, you got him for multiple years, you can resign him, you can have them long-term, and all of a sudden your problem is fixed for the long haul instead of kind of stop-gapping that thing with a free agent. So I would go the draft route. I know it's trickier. I know the Chiefs haven't hit on all those guys in the past, but it sure seems like the better path for long-term sustainable success, even if there are some hiccups early on like there were with Rice last year. For the long haul, that really would be, I think, the Chiefs' preferred option and gives them the greater upside if they're able to hit on the guy that they want. All right, Jesse, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, We'll talk to you very soon, okay? All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.